Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Welcome back to another episode of the Woot and Why Show. My name is Josh Woot. I'm here with Josh Why. What's up, man? It's good to uh, good to see your face again after some uh, episodes via telephone last week. Via, via, via. via. They say in America, via satellite. Yeah, Didn't you ever see that? No? I say via here. Pardon? Oh, they always say via instead of via. I thought it was the other way around. Maybe it is via satellite. Yeah, I'm getting it mixed up. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Early form for me going uh Brilliantly. going great guns. Five seconds. It's been a uh, it's been an interesting week around around the world. We had the ham dog released in Perth, the hamburger hot dog combination, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, we also had South Australia running out of power today. Didn't realise they had power. Thank you. Just wanted to get that off. They have water generators yeah, they, uh, uh, from the Murray. God. Like uh, Waterworld. Great movie. Kevin Costner. Great stuff. And we had the big presidential debate over in the States. I didn't watch it. Josh, you're wearing a Yeezy for President 2020 shirt, coincidentally, right now. Yeah. What were your thoughts on the debate? So, obviously, my um, in-depth knowledge on pol- like politics is yep. you know, very high brow. I'm going to get a Jim Pop Cooter for President shirt so we can have matching. You can get um, Stan Marsh from South Park's dad. You can get a Randy Marsh for President t-shirt. That's pretty good. I like that. Um, yeah, no, the debate was... I mean, both candidates aren't the best. Neither of them Seems are the best. Seems to be a reoccurring trend around the world at the moment. Yeah. But um, in general, I don't think uh, Trump did himself any favours, and I don't think... As expected. Yeah, but it was kind of like, I think... Hillary didn't quite stomp on the throat? No, she didn't stomp on the throat, but at the same time, she didn't really need to. She kind of just... Yeah. I think they both came out, and we're going to try to do it respectfully, but then she kind of went, yeah, but your dad gave you money, and it kind of rattled him, and he got it got under his skin, and the, then he I dug the, himself a hole. I think the one thing for Hillary is not letting... It's kind of like an NFL game where you play an underdog team, and they want a scrappy affair where they want to play really tough and nail and dirty, and you, you don't want to reduce yourself to that level. And I think if if she let him, it can get quite ugly at times. You can, you can come off looking worse. Well, in a in a sport where there's a you know hashtag something gate every, every yep. few months, there was, uh, did you hear about Snifflegate? Snifflegate, no. So to be in a previous debate, I'm not sure if it was Trump himself, but it was Trump or Bernie Sanders or you know someone. They were always going <sighs> like that. So that was like a sigate. Uh, and now he Trump went <sniffs> all debate. And what, so every time like he no, talked or I, when she talked, it was just a constant throughout. And mm. they, then there was all the memes that came up with Kleenexes on his podium mm. next to him. And well, things we like don't that. have mute buttons on our mixer here. So often when I'm editing, I'm editing out us just going like in between talking. So Cause we're, you'll hear some of that. If you we're listen mouth really, breathers. If you, yes. If you listen very closely, uh, you'll hear like breathing in between statements and things. But the next debate is an interesting one because that is the town hall debate. Am I correct? Uh, from our understanding, it's probably completely wrong, but yeah. we just went 
Oh, I love the idea. Yep. So the audience can ask questions. So, so I think I think the whole thing is that I'm not sure if we propose the questions beforehand and then they, you know. I like the ones where you're on the spot, like you don't know what's coming to the mic. Yeah. Rather than ones that you get sent like three days in advance, like your your team can come up with some sort of spin on that. I know. I, I want to see how you react on your feet. On your feet? Yep. Trump right on the over. spot. Yeah. Right on the spot. So. Some of the questions I would ask, and you know, we'll we'll go toe for toe here and see who can come up with some really good questions. My first one, I would straight off the bat, is a hot dog a sandwich? That would tell you a lot about the candidates. What's your opinion on that? Uh, no, it's not good. Yeah. It's Frankfurt on a roll. Yeah. Look, if yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if if either of them said yes, oh boy, scenes. <laughs> By the way, uh, sandwich is spelt wrong. On our, uh, I know. <laughs> it's got a reg- squiggly rhyme. Oh, yep. there we go. It's fixed. Beautiful. Mr. Perfectionist here. Anyway, so, uh, I would go up and we've had this debate before, but I'd, I'd want to get the, um, the candidate's, um, opinion on what the best flavor of Arnott's shape is. Mm. So, uh, chicken crimpy. Chicken crimp all day? All the, all the way. Oh, Are we on the same page with this? Or is that, or uh, is it someone else on the show that wasn't in agreement with us? I'm a, I'm all over the shape shop. Mm. I change weekly. Wow. Controversial. I'll just flat out ask, is Joe Flacco elite? And that alone. Well, you know what? Ripple effect across the community. We're probably jumping here, but he's playing pretty... Playing yeah, okay. Right. playing okay. Talk to me when they play a real defense. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask how he'll help a self-funded Sydney-based NFL podcast. How he or how they... How they? There's two people in the debate. I mean, Trump's That's the purpose of Trump's the debate. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sure, I would. I would be interested to see how they would help Sydney funded, Sydney based, self funded NFL podcasts. That's a huge market share. Yeah. I would ask: Does Vegemite belong in the fridge or pantry? You're a pantry man, yeah. Yeah. All right, good. It's already hard enough to spread. Don't make it <laughs> difficult. Don't put it on your bread and have it roll all the bread over with it. That's just, yeah. I hate that. Yep. That's the same with cold butter. You know when butter's really, really difficult and it's... Yep. Yeah, I hate it. Um, yeah, okay, so I, I this is this hits a, um, close to the Australian public. Um, I want to know how the two candidates will ensure that the safety of the lips and inner mouths in general of the younger generations... Will be protected while eating zuba dupers. Huge, huge. Many a lip cut. Uh, that's that's how the Joker got his scars. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I really want to know that for the American listeners that don't know what a zuba duper is, it's uh. Well, stop listening. You should uh, <laughs> look it up. Get on it. We'll send some out if you are generally interested and you want to. It's probably not safe for work either because there'll be a lot of blood. Yeah, true. If you are interested in America and want Zubadubas, you know, just tweet us. We'll uh, we'll try and work something out. We can maybe do a little exchange. You can send us some Twinkies and we'll send you some Zubadubas. Nice. Uh, also, controversially, I just want to ask you, favorite Zubaduba flavor? You put me on the spot. Fairy yeah. Floss, hands down. Really? Yeah. Do you know why? Mo Sugar, for sure. No sugar? No, the Mo Sugar. Oh, yeah, that's why. I'm pretty sure like, they're all just. It's like Emma. Emma's sugar. like, you got to. Like, start eating healthier. And I was like, all right, I have boost juice every week. She goes, what one do you get? And I'm like, mango magic. And she goes, yeah, that's just full of sugar, right? And I was like, yeah, that's, it tastes great. <laughs> I had boost juice today. Yeah, nice. Um, uh, yeah, my next question is Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. Uh, you can tell a lot about a person uh, based on based on that. Clearly Lord of the Rings. Wow. I'm talking films here. 
You're talking films? Yeah. Look, if you have the you know, fortitude and patience to read Lord of the Rings, good luck to you. I'll just watch the movies. <laughs> I like them both. Yep. Barbecue or tomato sauce? Tomato. Tomato? Every day. Tomato for everything? Oh, well, not for everything, but for most things, I think tomato is my so go-to. So you've got a hot dog, it's tomato. Yep. you got a sausage sandwich. And this that, is where our poll, thing. controversially during our election, was based around tomato or barbecue on the sausage singer. Ah. All right, so you've barbecue got... Barbecue won by one vote. Yep, I remember. Yep. Thanks, Dad. Um, yeah, that's unfair. Your dad got Twitter inverted. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your commitment, Bill? That's uh, my dad's name, Bill. Where Bill is... Y, great luck. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, what about on schnitzel and things like that? Schnitzel's still tomato? Nah. Or are you a gravy man? I'm a gravy man. Yeah, Pepper too. gravy. Or a parma, which is tomato-based. Anyway. Interesting. Uh, die Hard or Lethal Weapon? Damn, I like them both. I, I think I'm like a, I think I think I'm a lethal weapon guy actually. Wow. I'm a uh I'm Die Hard Actually ones. the Die, die hard, hard ones. Wait, well there's another one. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? It is. I think it it is. I think it's the best Christmas movie. No, Although Cri- Bad Santa Two is coming Christmas out. Christmas Vacation is the <laughs> ultimate. Is the end of Inception a dream or reality? So you know when you see the little the little He's, spinning top yep. wobbling? Guys help me. What's your thoughts on that? What are my thoughts? Yeah, do you think it's a dream or no, a dream? isn't it? He's he's full on in a dream. I love the one where he wakes up on the beach and it's like they think Inception's a sequel to Titanic. <laughs> anyway, uh, my last question is, should Richie have chosen Nikki or Alex on The Bachelor? Nikki! Breaking news. Um, South Australia has power. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrate good times. It's the start of a new age in South Australia. Enjoy electricity. <laughs> you can now actually get the podcast through electricity and not through just word of mouth from what people remember from other states. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's start with actual some serious news. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported today that JJ Watt re-injured his surgically repaired back and will be out an extended period of time, possibly the rest of the season. So he's expected to be placed on injured reserve on Wednesday, which will be today when you're listening to this in the States or Thursday in Australia. So basically, um, you know, he injured his back during the off season. They expected him to be back for week one and he was, and yeah, he's obviously so eager to get back on the field because he's such a passionate player and he lets everybody know how passionate he really is. Uh, and it's clear that he's re-injured it, and it looked like he was a little bit affected by it against the Patriots. Yeah, and, I mean, what a blessing to the rest of the AFC South. It's a absolute blessing. Just It's been a good couple of days for, for the Colts. It's uh, got some players back on defense, and now J.J. Watt's out. That's I don't wish injury on anyone, but it means that we have a chance to, to, to rightfully claim what is ours. Rightfully claim what is yours. But Houston's team all around, far better squad. Oh, massively. But J.J. Watt, in terms of if you take quarterbacks aside out of things, obviously losing a quarterback's huge. Like, obviously, to Minnesota, losing Teddy Bridgewater, and we're going to get to, to that trade whole thing later. nothing, because he's not a good quarterback. <laughs> but you, losing a quarterback, I think, far more important than... I think J.J. Watt's in that next tier of players where losing that player is huge to your team. Of course. So, if, like, Von Miller got injured... Yeah, or Antonio Brown. Yeah, I think for now, moving forward for Texans defense, you don't have to accommodate for J.J. Watt. It's so much easier now for you to game plan for Jadavian Clowney and and all their other pieces. I think teams will be able to uh, have a little bit more time to throw the ball against them and take advantage of some of their other holes in their secondary, and they'll be able to run the ball 
a lot better because JJ Watt is great in the run and in the pass. It's uh it's a huge loss for them. Yeah, and I mean I don't I don't think JJ Watt's the kind of guy that's gonna say, No, nah, I'm out for the year. I think he's gonna there's just You've no... got the IR boomerang, so exactly. he can come back. So he's not gonna say, nah, that's just me for this season, especially because mm. this window for the Texans is great. Like it's yeah. they're Give... currently in a winning like they the contracts they have seem to be locked up and things like that. So they've got Osweiler now. You mean their window to just go nine and seven in quarterback purgatory throughout Brock Osweiler's seven years, hey, seventy something million playing, dollar career? Brock Osweiler has been playing fine. He played terribly on Thursday night football. Fine. He oh. was absolutely woeful. Of course, but that was you know going know, up against a defense like that. Bill Belichick. But in terms of JJ Watt, I think it would dictate how the Texans' record is because if they if they do really struggle over the next few weeks, I, I think he would possibly weigh up his career rather than coming back for four or five games. I think a lot of players say that. Mm. But they just love playing football. Exactly. Mm. And it's all a bit of, you know, he loves he loves the attention. He does. He does love the attention. So we'll wait and see. But this is when you look at him since 2011, right? He has 76 sacks, the next closest. Jared Allen with 53, now retired. Quarterback hits, he has 213. Carlos Dunlap's the next closest with 132. Total pressures, 420. The next closest, Michael Bennett with 332. Tackles, 378. The next closest is Rob Ninkovich with 337. Ninkovich, flying under the radar, serially underrated player. Uh, Tackles for loss, 133. The next closest, 76 in Michael Bennett. Fumble recoveries, 13. The next best, Rob Ninkovich at 11. And passes defensed, 45. So battered down at line of scrimmage, 45. Next closest, Connor Barwin, your boy, at 35. So just some some of those stats just leaps and bounds, and then others, it's a little bit closer, but still just on a on But when you look at it, how, how just isn't he like the highest played player? No, when you look at the, the, the stat comparisons. the quarterback, that's why. But outside the quarterback position, he, the, the Texans got him on a really good deal. Yeah, but he arguably makes more difference than a quarterback. Some quarterbacks. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, he's huge. It's, it's, it's huge, and we, we did a poll to see what people thought about what this means on the AFC South. And uh, our results are in. I uh, said, so with JJ Watt likely out for a while, who wins the AFC South? 41% think the Colts. 35% still think it's the Texans. 15% say the Titans. And 9% still say the Jags. I don't know what the 9% are smoking, but give me some of that. Am I right? No? No. <laughs> All right. Let's. Um, by the way, the Colts... Got some players back on defense, so things are pointing up. By the way, Gus Bradley might be gone. Oh, boy, London. if they lose in London, it's it could be all over. But uh, Clayton Gathers, Vontae Davis, Henry Anderson back. Finally have a little bit of players on defense that can actually make a play or two. It's uh, it's good to see. All right, uh, the Cowboys placed guard Lael Collins on injured reserve with a sprained big toe in That's his That's not foot. something you hear every day. Such a small injury for a big guy. It's it's really funny. Uh, so Clarence, That's hilarious, yeah, isn't it? Poor it man. Is. Oh, feel for him. Uh, Clarence Hill, uh, Cowboys beat writer, said he's expected to miss eight to ten weeks. He went down midway through Sunday's week three win over the Bears. Ronald Leary, who they dangled as a trade possibility throughout the off season, no one really bit. Will line up now at guard. What's your thoughts on on that injury for the the Cowboys line? Probably their weakest point on the line. Yeah, hasn't been playing well. So it's going to be... Well, not up to expectation anyway. Yeah, well, he'll be easier to... Uh, I mean, this is his first season in the league, so... Proper season. Yeah. Yeah, without all that sort of issues last year. Yeah, exactly. So they, you know, they've they've been there before. They've managed without him. 
So I think that out of all the players to lose on the line, that's the I guess the Cowboys would be grateful it's him if you mm. like. But he's, he's currently PFF's seventy third guard out of seventy five qualifiers, which is crazy when you think about it. That's how low he's rated. That's so, called bad. But he got absolutely hammered by uh, Nick Kudawowski or Curious? something. No. <laughs> that, that would be amazing. But uh, the Bears' rookie linebacker just pushed him over in a in a play on Monday Night Football. By the way, Bears in prime time. It's, what a debacle that is. Is it twice now? Yeah, and there's another two coming up in week seven and eight. Jeez. Well done, schedule makers. Flex that one out. So we'll see how Ronald Leary performs. Another injury news, Bears placed cornerback Kyle Fuller on injured reserve with a knee injury. He underwent a scope in August, and he's pretty much out for the season. So now... The Chicago Bears must move forward with Tracy Porter, Jacoby Glenn, and Bryce Callahan. The last two sound like the Cowboys in a Who comes John last? Wayne movie. Who comes last? 49ers or Bears? We'll get to our uh, 0-3 talk later on, but it's it's ugly. Like, for the Bears now, and he was playing inconsistent anyway. Like, he was either making a, a hell of a play or getting burnt. Very, very easily. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Legford's now out for four to six weeks with an ankle injury, and they signed Joyke Bell. Brilliant. What can we expect from Joyke? Nothing. Nothing. Jordan Howard's pretty good. Pretty good. He's like a bulldozer. Well, he's, I mean, he's not amazing, but he's better than what they had anyway. Yep. Yeah, um, Langford has not been good. No. Not been a good runner between the tackles. Good hands, but, you know, it's funny. You get rid of Forte, he's killing it for the Jets. It's I understand the salary cap constraints and things like that, but, you know, it's quite baffling. Uh, 49ers offensive tackle Anthony Davis announced his retirement from the NFL after six seasons. Very quick, because he retired before the 2015 season, spent an entire year away from the game, and this was on the back of his teammate. I've just forgotten his name, but the rookie linebacker that retired because of concussion concerns started a whole wave of, of concussions, and Anthony Davis was one of them. And this now, is killing me. Yeah, I need to look it up. Okay, well... Filibuster. Do you you know what that word means? Yeah. Yeah, what's that mean? Chris Borland. There we go. Chris Borland retired, and that started a whole wave of other retirements based on concussions. So Davis comes back, and then he misses weeks two and three with a concussion, and that's it. I think he's had enough. Yeah, but, I mean, no no one's going to judge him. He came back. He... You know, got the injury that everyone like that he feared uh, in the he, first place, yep. and then went nah. nah. And that's fine. If that's not for him, that's not for him. This season's a bit of a, a mess anyway for the Forty ers Move on. They've got Trenton Trenton Brown at right tackle now, so it's uh, that's it. So you know, Davis has the rest of a lo- rest of his life in front of him. He turns twenty seven in a couple of weeks, so and he's made enough money. He was the number one, a uh, number eleventh pick in 2010, so he's got enough money from that rookie contract, so um, good luck to Anthony Davis. My MVP of the week, despite losing the game... We don't have a qualifier that they have to win. No, I know. But despite losing, I'm going to give it to Terrell Pryor, because the man was the Cleveland Browns. It was amazing. Against Miami, it was the Dolphins versus Pryor, and... uh, so he ended up, so he, he got, he caught eight of 14 targets. He, so, and that was for 144 yards. So that's already in itself is a monstrous day. Then he added 21 yards and a touchdown on four carries and then completed three of five passes for 35 yards. 
And in fantasy terms, that was in our league was twenty three point nine. So that's half point PPR. So that's it's a pretty good outing for someone. So now I have five quarterbacks on the Browns roster that are better than RG three. Hey, my bold prediction was that Pryor would throw a touchdown this season, and I, I was like, close. "Oh my god, I it's going to happen!" No, I think we'll get there. I think we'll actually see one this year. There'll be some sort of flea flicker or an end around. Like credit Hugh Jackson, they've been creative and they've been trying. Well, they they have to be. And exactly. and uh, what a good pickup for Cody, uh, getting Cody Parkey in, missing oh, three no, kicks and know. essentially just losing them the game. I uh, I made a, a fake Brad Craddock Browns jersey and tweeted it out. I was like, you had him, like you obviously you had him in your camp and you let him go. Like I don't understand. Lou Groza award winner. This is a good. This is a good sign. It's uh, yeah. He he is due. Yeah, Minnesota or the Browns, please pick up the phone. Give Brad Craddock a call, but. Uh, Terrell Pryor, like, it was just so exciting, and they were alternating series. Like, I'd rather watch a Browns game than the Bears or the Titans or anything like that because they at least are giving something a go and being really creative. And Hugh Jackson's, you know, you don't look at that win-loss column. I think you just got to look at some of the pieces that they're developing and, and moving forward to see what see what they have in there. Yeah, and their, their defense isn't good, but they, they play bloody they play hard. hard, yeah. So. I, yeah, exactly. I, I appreciate a team like that. Not talented, but they, they're they keen to have a dig. Uh, my uh, real MVP this week, I was tossing up between two. The kicking net uh, obviously was a huge factor this week uh, after Odell Bell, Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Bell. Odell Bell. Uh, he uh, obviously stroke, stroke. Did I stutter? Strike the kicking net, and uh, the kicking net retaliated and knocked him down. And then Bleacher Report made some fun of that. Did you watch the Mortal Kombat video? Have you seen that? No. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Great sarcasm. Uh, hilarious stuff. But my real MVP of the week has to go to John Elway, who waited like 155 days after uh, someone tweeted him that he wasted a seventh-round pick on Trevor Sibian and just at, added at Broncos, at him or whatever, just... Just tweeted him in reply to that tweet after Trevor Sibia drops four touchdowns and some absolute bombs to Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. The fact that John Elway remembered that and saved that and it, waited and waited and waited. I love that. I, I had it. I reckon it. it's actually it's really awesome. petty. It is petty, but I just think he's like, you know what? I'm good at my job. And it's like, <laughs> you, man. Seriously. To one person. <laughs> yeah, but there would have been a whole heap of people that criticized that, that pick. But it's a seventh round pick. What else are you getting in the seventh round? No, of course he criticised, but then you don't see him like he what? deleted it straight away. So I think he uh, some some of the uh, the Broncos uh, Man, social sometimes media sometimes people just got to be uh, just. I wish he kept it. That was that's amazing. I, I wanted to, I, I, like I, it is a little bit petty, but it's so. Funny. I want to know what people are like these big stars if they keep like a database of all the people calling them out and stuff like that I wonder they wait and you just wait and wait and wait if you're a player and someone calls you out and says you know like like for example like if there's a Josh Norman fan and they're like no, sorry if there's an OBJ fan yep. and they're like you're gonna shut you're gonna get destroyed this week by OBJ yeah. and to if, Josh Norman yep yeah and then OBJ would keep that and be like man if I shut him down I'm going to shut this Twitter I'm just guy down. quote tweet that. They're like, yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, but then anyway, he would have had to delete that out yeah, of his database because he got. He did. He didn't end up. up. He didn't end up winning. I just think it. It was great. I, I just love the the patience, and he just waited and waited and waited. It didn't. It waited for the right time, and then hit it. Also, spoken, speaking about smack talk, what did you think of Jalen Ramsey calling out Steve Smith? One person you do not call out 
It's Steve Smith. I feel like at the rookie symposium, that should be the first thing that's said. Like, if a vet comes out, don't smack talk Steve Mate, Smith. On the, on the field, do it all you want. Yeah. When you get off, you just go, Respect. that was a hard battle, battle, and, yeah. you know. Like, Steve Smith's going to be in the Hall of Fame. So, no, don't, like, until you've proven yourself, please. Like, like I'm fine with Tlaib going at him because Tlaib's proven himself. And even, like, Steve Smith even embarrassed him with the ice up thing. But, yeah, anyway. Uh, we've got a new segment called Hot Take of the Week. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. And this week's Hot Take of the Week goes to Brian Baldinger, who said that Carson Wentz is Peyton Manning pre-snap and Aaron Rodgers post-snap. I'm all aboard. I'm all aboard the Brian Baldinger little crazy finger. Oh, my. oh the Baldinger finger. That's it. That freaks me out. Every time it's on NFL Network, it scares me. What's your thoughts on this statement? Carson Wentz has been compared to literally every freaking quarterback in the world. I know, right now. It's but ridiculous. like, and but from some higher level people. I know, it's, it's just settle down. I feel bad for Carson Wentz, even though I don't think it phases him whatsoever. It doesn't phase him. He looks like he's just completely calm. He doesn't. He hasn't looked like throwing an interception. Hmm. He's he's very composed. The it's, closest that he had to throwing an interception was one that was batted down at the hmm. line. Yep. So, look, he's been fine, but I just think comparing Wentz to the guy that is arguably the smartest ever quarterback... You're saying fine. The guy is breaking playing, records. Oh, he's playing fine. Yeah, great. But, like, the no interception thing's great. But that's... I don't really care about that. Like, it, he can go as many games as he wants without interception, but if he throws three in a playoff game, then that's huge. Then that stat right at the start of the year doesn't mean anything to me. Oh, of course. But it is impressive. Like, I, it's fine. But comparing him to... Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is possibly, in terms of his ability and movements, the best quarterback we've everyone, ever seen on the field. Everyone tipped him to have a much harder time against the Bears. Didn't. Had a, a much, 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 much harder time against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Played even better. Ruined my lock. Unbelievable. He, he's, he's been great. I, I have a question, though. Like When you're like a small-time quarterback, like he played Division Three, right? Mm-hmm. And Trevor Simeon only played for Northwestern, and he was a seventh-round pick, and... Dak Prescott's only a fifth round pick. When the Who'd Wilson play for? Uh Wisconsin and NC State. Hmm. So when the expectations are a little bit lower, rather than being a first overall pick coming out of a big school, clearly the number one on the big board, do you feel like the pressure is a little bit easier on those players? Because if Carson Wentz doesn't play well, it's just like, well, what did you expect? He come from a division three, not even an FBS team. He was playing in for North Dakota State, like, what did you expect? Obviously, the jump from that to the NFL is huge. So even if he did have struggles, like, we were expecting that. But don't you think that it it would, like, the pressure that it comes with going from playing from a small school like that to playing in um, front yeah, of the 80,000 fans? Yeah, I'm... T- I'm t- but you, you don't, like, the the other names, the big names, like Newton, like Winston, like Marietta, like who play for big high, programs. Yeah, I feel like the expectation's higher on them when they go into the NFL rather than people that coming from a small school. I, I just think that... Mate, if you're a second-round pick, your expectations are through the roof, especially if you get drafted into a city like Philadelphia. Yes. Second, you mean second overall pick, not second round. Sorry. Yeah. Like, I just feel like he doesn't. it doesn't phase him, whereas I think the pressure on Goff is a little bit... We haven't even seen Goff take the field yet. But Carson Wentz has been great. Like it's it's a great story. And I'm loving Wenzel Wenzel Wenzelvania Wenzelvania. Yeah, great. I'm loving great that. Stuff. I'm loving that. Uh, I, I, I I'm loving his audible changes of the line and things like that. Though it's, it's it is quite terrific. Um, you know, wise beyond his years. So yeah. I, I give him credit. It's a bit hot, Brian Baldinger. Just uh, nah, Baldinger, just, you're on point. Just he's uh, a Philly fan. You got to calm down. Baldinger finger is still disgusting. All right. 
some week three talking points. Let's just uh, there's a good article by Greg Rosenthal on NFL.com talking about some free agent rewards and winners and losers so far in the early season on on free agent acquisitions. For me, the big talking point, obviously, we just talked about Wentz. Obviously, is that Eagles Vikings Sam Bradford trade. Never ever seen a trade work so well for both teams because it opened up the Eagles passing game. It allowed Wentz to get onto the field and thrive. And then for the Vikings, it makes sense by the way their defense is played. The Sam Bradford trade makes even more and more sense every time. I know they gave up a whole lot, but obviously they think that they can contend for He's a Super better Bowl. than Teddy. Nah, that's not that's not that controversial. For what they want yeah. to do and everything there, mm. he is okay. Yep. Obviously, Teddy's younger, yep. but Bradford's not that old mm. still. No, People still right. forget that yep. you know he. It feels like he's been around forever, and he's had the same profile picture on NFL.com forever with <laughs> his googly so eyes. It looks so scary. Guys, look that up. But if that's following you home at night. <laughs> <it'll be> freaky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like he he's only twenty eight. It's. He's still got seven years like, in his prime as a quarterback. Yeah. I know. But he, yeah, he's doing everything right. He's not playing out of his skin, but he's doing everything he mm. needs to, and yeah. he's, yeah. No, that's, and that's right. Like, they obviously couldn't get that out of Sean Hill long term. He's made Rudolph relevant again. Yeah, that's that's been great. And he's made Stefan Diggs take that next mm. step. And I, but we, we can't say that Bridgewater wouldn't have done the same. We can't. It's not fair to throw Bridgewater under the bus, but we've got to credit... Bradford for what he's been doing. True. But then, like, the last two seasons, there hasn't, like, Stefan Diggs, you know, came on leaps mm. and bounds, but there was no that, sign of... That was his rookie season last year, Stefan. So he's oh, obviously course. made that leap year one to year two. But I get what you mean, but I think the trade makes so much sense because, for me, the Vikings very much feel like a Broncos team from last year where the defense is really good and all they need is, like, just okay quarterback play to get them through games and, and they, have that if, win. If they... Get some form of running game going because currently they're dead last in yards. Yeah, and that was the, that's the difference between the Broncos last year and the Vikings this year is the offensive line of the Vikings is probably worse than what the Broncos had last year. Even though the Broncos were a complete mess, I still feel like the Vikings are a little bit less. And there's no there's no run game obviously with Adrian Peterson gone, but they still don't have that like elite playmaker like Von Miller esque. But I think Harrison Smith is seriously getting there. The guys. I think he's the best safety in the NFL. I feel like I mention him every podcast. Yeah. The guy's I've, amazing. Yeah, but this is the Vikings' D through three weeks. They've accounted for 14 points, 14 sacks, five interceptions, and four fumble recoveries. Who's conceded the least amount of points after not, the first three weeks? Not sure. I'll tell you. Who is it? Philadelphia Eagles. Well, well there you go. And they've played Pittsburgh. And, and they've played Pittsburgh. I know, they held them to three points, their biggest loss since like 1989 or something. Three weeks in, they've conceded 27 points. There you go. And talking about free agent acquisitions, Jim Swartz. Their defense is playing God, if we can unreal. Keep, if we can hold it on to him for one more I can't wait for Buffalo this. to rehire him at the end of the year. Uh, Actually, we'll get to this later, but Jacksonville, sneaky. Jim Schwartz in no, Jacksonville. Please, no. I love I love Jimmy. Some other free agent acquisitions that have been good. Jim Marvin Marvin Bob. Marvin Jones has been great for Detroit. Terrific. Legit number one. There was question marks on whether he was a legit number one receiver. I think he's proven it. And Bengals are struggling a little bit without him. I think that's a huge talking point. I think Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu have shown what weapons they were, and yep. I think the Bengals undervalued them and thought we might be able to go out and draft someone or pick mm. up someone. Guys, I could have told you Brandon LaFell wasn't going to help you cover that. There you go. Sean Tyler Boyd's a rookie, so that those expectations are way too high. Hmm. But Mohamed Sanu and Marvin Jones are 
Balling. Balling. And look, obviously the Bengals will get a lot better when Tyler Eifert comes back because he's a huge, a huge red zone weapon. will open that passing game up a little bit, but still it's a, it's a huge loss for the Patriots. They just get these, these vets that no one wants anymore. Chris Long and Martellus Bennett, their teams didn't want them. Like they may only be here for like a year or two, but they'll be, they'll make difference. They'll be difference makers in big games. One of one or the two. Martellus Bennett's been a huge asset for them blocking. Like you want to watch LeGarrette Blount tape? Martellus Bennett has been blocking unreal. Oh man, it's crazy. And Chris Long just coming on and, Nuts. Yeah, and we'll talk about the Giants' defense as well. Obviously, they just had a, an ugly loss, but that was a very much a trap game for them, I think. But that game, by the way, had the possibility of having you know a really good um, wide receiver corner battle all across the field. Yep. And how many cornerbacks just? I felt like I was getting alerts all day about Breland, second, Hall. secondaries going off. Oh, it was just. No, it wasn't fun. But uh, I think their defense has gotten marginally better with the acquisitions of Vernon Jenkins and Snacks Harrison. Especially Vernon dis- was destroying that side. Mm. He was good. Which is amazing, because that yeah. was against Trent Williams. Yeah. I want to see what his r- rating was on PFF from that, because... Because I felt like he was just... I feel like the Giants completely outplayed the Redskins. I have no idea how the Redskins won that game. Yeah. I don't know. You like that? You like that? <laughs> I'm still a bit mixed on, on Kirk Cousins you know, going forward. He's a good player, but I don't respect him as a man. Is that what Jalen Ramsey said? Oh, like really? He said, didn't he say something along the lines of that? Did you actually hear the soundbite? No, he said? I didn't. He said something along the lines of that. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Don't yeah. quote me on that about Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I like Kirk Cousins enough to not hate him. Yeah, Olivier Vernon sort of struggled week weeks one and two, but yeah, he really picked it up in, in the last um, last game. Played a lot more snaps, um, and he's he's got a pretty good pass, pass rushing grade, 63, but run defense is so, where he's really thriving right now. Run defense? Yeah. But what about... So that was against um, Washington? Yeah. 63 against Trent Williams. I don't like the new PFF. You can't break down game by game. and only gives you a season long. So he's at 76.9. But Jason Pierre-Paul is playing really well as well. Despite... He's got the new glove thing and it's really helped. Credit to them. So uh, let's move Credit on. Credit to, to the... Uh, sp- the Speaking... Cartoon by the way, I had, a, I had, a, really, I had a really great tweet about JPP during the week. Oh, God, um, okay. So it was late in the second okay, quarter. By the way, we need a... I haven't got much. So Kirk Cousins, he took a sack instead of throwing the ball out of bounds to kick a field goal and, you know, probably possibly put Washington, you know, even closer going into the half. It doesn't matter. They still end up winning. But uh, JPP rushed him and took him down. And I tweeted, Kirk Cousins just got outsmarted by a man who blew off two fingers with fireworks. And it, it got a lot of traction. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, speaking of the Giants... I'm going to ask you, Josh, does Odell Beckham Jr. have an attitude problem? Man, he's got more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I love the LeBron laugh. He's got a, um, I don't know, I, I said this at the start of the season. He spent some time with the Kardashians. I think that you feel goes, like the curse is kicking in? I think that goes to your head a little bit. Mm. Maybe it's a delayed Madden curse. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> you no, know, it's seriously got problems. And I think that, it doesn't help your team. It just doesn't help your team. It, it ha- multiple times during the game, the uh, kicking net, as you said, got him well back. God, that was Please hilarious. Please look at that. Um, yeah, but even Eli had to go and console him. And yep. I think if that if it gets to that point, mate, was, be an adult. Yeah, and where he was when he was getting fired up, and, it, and they zoomed him on his face, it looked like he was crying. Yeah, as well. but there was still eleven minutes to go. 
there was 11 minutes of a football game. You're involved in a shootout. I know. You're and your best team's player on this offense. Is, this is when you get together with your team and you're like, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. You don't start throwing a tantrum. Yeah. Man, that was worse than Des Bryant's. Oh. And Des Bryant's got, Des Bryant got thrown under the bus by media. And I know because it's Dallas and they're a much bigger team. Even though New York is the biggest city in the world. But still, it, it, Des copped so much of that. And I feel like everyone's focusing on the net, which was funny. But this is really a, this is a serious neck. problem, and you're talking about, you know, affecting the team, and that's exactly what Ben McAdoo said. He said he needs to control his emotions and become less of a distraction to himself and his teammates, and he said it's our job to help him with that process and and mature. And I think it is a maturity issue. He's still a young kid, but he needs to he needs to mature up, like quick smart. Because look, it's fine. I love football players playing with emotion, but too much emotion can be a weakness. Because Josh Norman got to him last year. And I think that sort of baited him into it this year. Who's going to end up? He'll if he continues down this way, suspended. He'll get suspended. He'll end up as the uh, the James Harden of the NFL. But guess what? James Harden also spent time with the Kardashians. So just saying, oh, there's a lot there. Are you saying Odell can't play defense? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you mentioned <laughs> <laughs> he's not a corner. Yeah, it's technically true. That's exactly. Although right. he probably I'd love could. to see him a corner though. Yeah, it would be funny. But uh, Eli was God. He should go up against Josh Norman. They should just patch it up, switch it over, and then go on NFL Network and have a run. Mm. So Eli, you mentioned Eli. He had to pull him aside and and work it out. And Eli, after throwing the pick, says, "I was trying to figure out what was going on, why he was getting frustrated, because <laughs> you just threw a pick, probably, but." Like, Eli just makes the Eli face. I'd rather that. Just make the Eli face and, and move on. And, like, you still at 11 minutes. I seriously think that that could have cost them the, the game on the weekend because if he was a bit more focused coming into it, he could have played a lot better. But yep. that battle with Josh Norman, I was sick of hearing about will he follow, all that sort of stuff just does my head in. I know. It It got... When Breland um, took a knock, I thought that mm. was a real turning point. Mm. And D'Angelo Hall out for the year now, too. Yeah, it's... So not that that's a huge loss. He only plays, like, two good games a year. And it counts for, like, 12% of his career interceptions. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. He's going to the Hall! No. <laughs> the D'Angelo Hall of Fame! What <laughs> if he has that? Oh, I wonder, that'd be great. For the best two performances of the year at your position. That's actually that's not a bad idea. We should pr- probably run with that moving forward. I'm going to write that down. Um, <laughs> the D'Angelo Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh... One other thing on uh, Odell Beckham. I've I completely forgotten what I was going to talk about because you've distracted me on the... the oh, yes. Uh, Josh Norman. Did you see the vine of Josh Norman picking Odell up and yes. carrying him for like four seconds? By the way. And dropping him. By the way. I don't, the foot of a I don't, I don't think flag. it's a penalty. Really? I think they were, they were right. The vine. I he loved. didn't throw him. He it, it wasn't a violent drop either. It was kind of a... When I watched it the second time, all I was thinking is, I've had the time of my life. <laughs> Dirty Dancing for I was thinking um, Lion King. I was thinking of... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that game had plenty of fireworks. <laughs> Sorry, JPP. <laughs> all right, uh, moving on. Another talking point from week three. Is it time to stress in Arizona, in the desert? A stunning loss to the Bills with our prime for victory without... Sammy Watkins, Cordy Glenn, and Ronald Darby, the Bills' best three players, and they put up an absolute stink bomb. Inconsistent play, trouble on offense. In two of their three games, they've had they've struggled. The Bills limited Arizona to 348 passing yards. They intercepted Carson Palmer in each of their final four possessions. 
and they combined for just two yards, two yards net offense and no first downs in their first five possessions. And then they had trouble stopping the run. McCoy went for 110 yards, and Taylor went for 76 yards, and then obviously some This backups. game frustrated me beyond belief. I like the Cardinals, and I like them as a whole I, general organization, especially after, um, what's it called? All or Nothing. All or Nothing. Sensational program. Brilliant. Um, yeah, that but... That is correct. The defense... Str- the defense, I definitely think, struggled opposite Patrick Peterson. That's still, that's still a but big. But that's where we thought they would win. Because how the hell but were the Bills going to score points? This is where I'm throwing Bruce Arians under the bus again. Because mm. that the it's first first game game plan horrible against the Pats. Yep. Didn't adjust. Yep. They got blown out. Missed field goal. Exactly. But still. No, but I mean, yeah, I get what you are. You, yeah. You should be beating Jimmy Garoppolo like that. Then. Bills, we spoke about it in the preview podcast that how are they going to... Like, like they, how are the Bills going to score They've points? got no one to catch the ball. The only player they have is Marquise Goodwin and, the, or, and, Robert, and Woods. Robert Woods. But Robert Woods is a glorified slot receiver. Marquise Goodwin, all they were going to do is... a long is jumper playing football. Stream him down the field and Patrick Peterson could cover him. Yeah, and had that stunning interception. And you saw that and that's exactly all they had to do and just stack the box. Why couldn't Arian see that? I don't. I don't. And McCoy continued to I, run I, I through. Know, I don't understand. And that's it. all on Arian. You've added Chandler Jones. I know Kandiche didn't play, but I don't. You've got Dion Buchanan playing as a hybrid linebacker. I, I, I really thought they would stop the run. Kalei Campbell's normally good against the run. I don't understand the game plan. I'm very angry because that was like our bets of the week. Like I, that's been my biggest loss this year. Is I thought Arizona were morals this week. Back to the corner. The Bills had fired their corner. By the way, I didn't bet on them, so I totally. Oh wow, that, that that killed me on the weekend. Absolutely killed me. But uh, I recovered thanks to uh, the Falcons. Uh, changed for picks and uh, and took the overs. So we're, we're all right. So don't worry about uh, little old me in case anyone was. But I just don't understand what's going on. I, I'm not I'm not stressing about them because I just feel like these are just. Some stuff that they're ironing out. Like, on offense, John Brown doesn't look quite healthy. He's had concussion issues for the last five weeks. Michael Floyd looks a little bit off. Carson Palmer's been a bit inconsistent. Floyd looks better. A little bit better. Fitzgerald still Fitzgerald. Hmm. But I just, Palmer, I think... I don't along, think it's all on him, though. No, along with a bad game plan, but Palmer's making... He's, especially, I mean, in this game, he had to force it. Yep. And we'll get on like, to yeah, another yeah, point well, about like, the Forsett and Fitzpatrick later. Yeah, gar- like garbage time interceptions are fine. Like, I'm fine with garbage. Like, Andrew Luck throws a lot of them. When you're down two-plus scores with ten minutes left, I'd rather than take shots yeah. than kick punts. You know, you can have your punts, John Fox, all day, but I'd rather at least go for it because there's a chance you can hit them and come back in the game. So that's fine with me, but I just... For me, yeah, it is right. I think it's a coaching issue, and it's, it's really... It's bizarre from Bruce Arians because you come to expect... Excellent. Maybe he's over. Th- maybe he's overestimating how good his team is. Maybe it's uh, feels like that was their dream run last year, and maybe it's a little bit of a crash back to earth. David Johnson hasn't been. Oh, I thought he was. I feel like no, but I think they're they're expecting now too much of him. Hmm. Do you think the, the the hype and the buzz around David Johnson has gotten too much? And I still think the compliment of him and Chris Johnson was working. Hmm. I, like, I, I, don't, I just need to see more. I'm not going to stress about Arizona until I see... Like, if they play like that again in the next couple of weeks without turning... Because even their win against the Bills wasn't that impressive. But I feel like maybe we're just... We're expecting, like, a 13 or 14-win team. Maybe they're only an 11-win team. Wait, they win against the Bills? 
Pardon? Sorry, the win against the Bucks. Sorry. Um, <laughs> they just yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, they did. But even the win against the Bucks, it sort of just the game got away from Tampa really, really early, and that sort of enabled sort of Arizona to just cruise to a victory. But I just, uh, I don't know. We'll wait and see. Maybe they're only a ten win team or eleven win team. We were just expecting this this juggernaut thirteen to fourteen win team. So maybe our expectations were too high. Uh, on the opposite end of the sketch, uh, spectrum is 0-3 teams. So statistically, you have about a 3% chance to make the playoffs if you start 0-3 since 1980. Only five teams who have started off by losing their first three games have made the playoffs. Only one team since the merger, the 1992 San Diego Chargers, team of the podcast, San Diego Chargers, made the playoffs at 0-4. So for me, it's not whether any of these will make the playoffs because I don't think they will, but... Long term, obviously, when your team starts 3-0, you've got to start looking towards the future and, and next season and beyond. Whose stock are you buying long term at 0-3? We've got the Bears, Jags, Browns, and Saints. And then we'll do the opposite. Which team are you most worried about long term? It's a tough question. Worried about long term? All right, we'll do the opposite first. <laughs> yeah, no, because they're all bad, so it's easy to go worried long term. Who, who are you worried about the most? The Jags still have a good young team, mm. but I feel that... A coaching change is needed, despite how high we are on Gus Bradley. Uh, I think we were, I think we just were sort of expecting like a Ron Rivera, like you know how he was sort of on the chopping block for the Panthers for a little while, and then they turned it around. I think we we're just sort of giving him the benefit of the doubt for no, a little but I bit mean, too long. In, in like just in regards, I think he's to a great a defensive coach. coordinator, yeah. but maybe as a head coach, it's just a bit above him. Yeah. Um, so he, I think he, he could be a guy like Jack Del Rio, where he gets a second chance in a couple of years, and and he'll make he'll make better use of it. Yeah. And I think I also still think the Bears will be fine, and I, I think the Bears will be fine if they once they move on from Jay Cutler, they've got some young pieces in in their linebacking core. They've still got Jeffrey, and you, like same as same as Tampa. You look at Tampa and you think they're not a good team at the moment, but you can still see them. They've got Winston. They've got that. If they get a young quarterback, they've got White and Jeffrey. Then you've got your two. Like, you always think they'll be in it because of that kind of thing. They have pieces on the offensive line with Sitton now, and Whitehair's playing really well as a center, and it's funny that they just can't run the ball. Uh, their tackles are awful. Well, they don't have good running backs. No, that that doesn't yeah, help. But, it, like, at least they're creating lanes, but they're obviously not taking advantage of it. Howard looked okay, but for me, I'm, I'm most worried about the Saints long term. Uh, I feel like their defense is never getting any better, and I feel like we're in this same situation. Scenario last year where we were expecting Drew Brees or Sean Payton, one of them to go because I think their window together is closed. I think that's they needed to start afresh. One of them needed to start a, a fresh somewhere else. And I like the pieces I have on offense with Michael Thomas and Brandon Cooks and Mark Ingram. But Brees hasn't been playing bad. And the Brees has been playing fine, but I just fine. He's been playing well. He's been playing well, but I just I I don't know what like for him um, for him I think he needs to go. I think he needs to find a better place because. Their defense and their cap management and everything there is stale. I just feel like that's where that organization is stale, and I feel for Breeze because I feel like he could he could be better somewhere else. I just think like he could have more of a chance somewhere else. I, I don't know. I just I, I think it's more of a like I'd rather Breeze stay in Sean. I think Sean Payton needs to probably move on. I just feel like he's responsible for a lot of the personnel there, and their defense hasn't improved despite drafting a lot of defensive players. I know they'll beat up. On Monday night, but their cap management I, is shocking. I don't know anything about and their I GM. See, I can't see any. Their GM, well, Mickey, Mickey Loomis, also owns the Pelicans, so he's just got too much on his mind. Like, I, how I, long has he been their GM? Do you know? For a while, but they've had front office dramas for a long time. I just, 
I just can't see any resolve to the situation they're in. It's not like they can just go out and, and you know pick up some handy free agents and turn this around. They can't afford it. Their cap management's shocking. Jarvis Bird, remember when they signed him despite only having like two million in cap space, has been terrible. He's been disastrous for them. I just I worry about them long term, despite them having the best quarterback out of all of that. But Breeze is what, thirty nine, thirty eight years old. He could just fall off a cliff. We saw it with Peyton Manning. It could be next year. He doesn't look I know, but Peyton, spring but, in his step, but Peyton didn't look like that bef- the season before. He went down. He looked fine. Yeah, but at then the he had same the, time, he, then he, he, had was... the, he had the quad injuries in the playoffs, obviously, and that sort of started it. But it, the cliff just hits you so fast, and the statistics back that up. So I'm worried about the Saints long-term. In terms of optimism, I'm more optimistic about the Browns than anyone. I feel like they're in a good position to draft a, a good quarterback. Yeah. This this upcoming uh, draft, even though they've whiffed on Wentz, but their be, scouting department needs maybe a yeah, bit, bit of reshuffling. I, I, I feel for them because many scouts have said that Wentz's college tape does, is like if you watch it simultaneously, the differences are incredible. Uh, I feel for the Browns, but I feel like they're in a good position. They're playing hard. They've got a coach with some vision, and I just I prefer to watch them going forward than any of these other teams. Uh, the Jags you mentioned have pieces, but yeah, I just I'm a bit concerned about the Saints. Yeah, no, I agree. Hmm. I agree. They signed. They signed. Short- out of those teams, I'm not even that concerned about the Saints. Like the I'm Saints not, are going to be saying out of all if, those. Yeah, teams. if the Saints really go hard out, get rid of it, and just shed and just mm. bite the bullet, like and get they could rid be of those two and players. one right now. They've lost. They've lost games to a field goal and a two point conversion. Yeah. So, like, I'm in dramatizing. And even things. by the and even by the Falcons, they it wasn't that they were in no. it for most of the game, yeah. and then they had that the pass bounced off, and Dion Jones took it to the house, sort of thing that put them out of reach. But yeah. and that's what like they they're doing okay. But I just think with that defense and that cap management, I'm really worried about where that resolve is coming long term. Even though Breeze is fine, but they extended Peyton with a year left on his deal. I just think maybe it's time for a new environment. Sometimes a good a, a coaching change can can really help. Well, that's what it's going to have to be because Breeze ain't going. Oh, no, right. Breeze ain't going. He is he is the future, and they're and they're working on it. They've got a new deal, so it's 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 got to be Peyton. But I don't want to be that guy that says coaching change for the sake of change. But I feel like that felt like the end to me on Monday night when you you could see. Breeze and Peyton are never going to achieve anything. I think now that they're 0-3, even though they don't really deserve to be, that's just the harsh reality of it. All right, it's uh, Thursday night football preview. This week's NFL lines are brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. All right, we've got the Miami Dolphins on the road, Cincinnati Bengals. Both teams are 1-2, and but when you look at the schedule and their form, I think the Cincinnati Bengals probably don't deserve... They've played a tougher schedule, so the one and two for them is a little bit more hard done by than the Dolphins, who have been lackluster. The Dolphins are a bad football team. They're not a good football team They're at all. They're a bad football team. By the you way... you got to be kidding me. I mean, how do you watch the... I mean, yeah, they stink! Landry's doing all he can. Landry's the only kind of shining light. Adam Gase has come out and said, if you don't perform, you will be benched, and he's backed it up. It happened with Ajayi. He went with Drake. Um... Then so, Ajay gets the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, so <laughs> he uh, he went with the committee, and I think obviously it's it's just the way the way it ended up. But I just I, I don't know where I don't know where Miami can win. Like I look at their roster, where can they win? So Tannehill comes out and throws a pick. Yep, a couple and of picks in the first quarter. He's couple, very streaky. Very very streaky because in he's the, very similar to Kirk Cousins and Flacco. in that regard. Yeah, yeah, Flacco quite streaky. Because he had that 21 straight completions and then had throws two picks. 
in the second half. I know. By the way, he's 22nd. You don't go to my horse. He could have caught the touchdown. It could, it could have been a... Uh. You, throw, you just throw a screen pass to Dennis Peter to get the record, don't you? Or you throw a screen pass to Mike Wallace and let him try to run it. Okay. You don't throw yeah. it deep down the field to Mike Wallace. On your 22nd zone. attempt. Damn. He probably was not thinking about it. <laughs> I don't think Or he was that dull that he's like, I know I'm up to 21. I could get the record, but it would be a bit too fun. No, he's British. <laughs> British flacker. That is correct. Oh, anyway, boy. so... Yep. This, I don't yeah, know how bad, we got to, bad team, how we got bad to British flacker right. in a Thursday night football preview. Right. That's what happens when we're forced to talk about Miami for five minutes. We have to talk about other things. Yeah. Um. By the way, I don't know what the com- commentators see when they're watching this Miami defense. They get far too much praise. They're like they're getting beaten up by these teams, like the Browns. The Browns were the three, Browns had a field goal chance to win. Three field goals them. missed. They yeah. should have been. Uh, and with, then with Cody Kessler at quarterback, and they always go, "Oh, great play by Maxwell!" And then like he'd get burned hard, burned so hard in like the next one or two passes. Look, I, like we're a bit harsh on Tenney, who he has played well. He just seems to have these momentary lapses that cost his game it costs his teams or just puts his teams in like why are there difficult... so many quarterbacks like that because it's a hard position to play I think I, and maybe maybe because but... defensive lines now are just overpower I, this is a whole we could do a whole episode on this I'd love to do a Let's round go, table because, no, the old start, start I feel like defensive bloody... I feel like defensive lines are, are, are way 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 better than offensive lines at the moment and that's put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks I feel like when you look at all the defensive lines and all the offensive lines in the NFL, there's probably, what, like four elite offensive lines, and there's like 18 or honest, 19. Let's who of... wants to be an offensive lineman? Not many people. It can't be a gratifying White position. dudes in the South. That's it. White dudes in the South. Taylor Luan. Michael Orr. Taylor Luan. <laughs> no, but... Oh, boy. Like... Michael, Michael Orr just got destroyed by a guy called Daniel. Um... It's spelled Danielle. <laughs> Crazy. Um, Blindside 2. Stop. <laughs> um... Blake Bortles, same thing. Oh, boy. He, he had the worst quarterback performance of anyone, he, besides Fitzpatrick. He is really regressed as a player, uh, Not just good. in this season. I'm Bottom four quarterback. Terrible. Uh, yeah, but I just think Tannehill just digs digs his team into these holes, and then he plays well and gets them back, but they just don't have enough elsewhere to really get them over the hump in these games. And I think in prime time on the road, I, I can't see them doing it again. I, I know you mentioned their defense. I, I just think it's because... Of, of like three key playmakers, and that's Cameron Wake, Ndamukong and Sue, and Rashad Jones. The rest of the defense is meh. Meh. But you know, Ndamukong Sue is playing really, really, really well. Happy Philly got rid of those two players. Kiko's been okay. Okay, but he's but just Brandon Maxwell. Unfortunately, uh, his season highlights include getting burnt and getting palmed in the face by Martellus Bennett. So, by the way, if you haven't seen that, go out and that's a that's a great uh, Vine video. Uh, there, it's yeah. a Madden palm. It's just <laughs> it was straight like out of a video game. Full on stiff arm. So, uh, anyway, this this game obviously the line is minus seven at a dollar eighty seven for Cincy, plus seven that. at uh, for Miami. Let's talk about the Cincinnati team. They kept things interesting. They were actually up against Denver at home. And then Trevor Simeon decided that, hey, I can play quarterback. I think we really are giving the Cincinnati defense too much credit. Yeah. What are they? They're not doing anything. No, I feel like they're, you know, they lost their defensive coordinator, Kevin Coyle's in there, and there's talks that they're not, a couple of players aren't too happy. And Kevin Coyle, funnily enough, got fired by Miami last season. So this is a little bit of a, 
a coil, sneaky coil revenge game. That is so, correct. So, uh, it could be interesting to see how that goes, but I just feel revenge like, the I, coil. Feel like the, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the loss of the coordinators in Cincinnati, I know they've lost a lot of players, you know, on offense, but I feel like Hugh Jackson going hurts. And then, uh, I think it's Vance Walker was their old defensive coordinator. He is, Vance Walker or Vance Joseph? Someone, someone named Vance. I'm trying to remember. McDonald. Joy. I love Vance, Vance Joy and Vance McDonald. But, uh, I feel like that's hurt Cincinnati a lot. But I feel like they've had really tough games. Just like the Jets, the Broncos, and the Steelers to start. start the good the Jets with the good Fitzpatrick. Yes, exactly. And that was a, that was a tough, tough game for them and a tough win. Uh, on defense, obviously, Vontae's Burfitt comes back now and he'll slot in next to Carlos Dansby, which will make their defense a lot better in the it's middle another, of the field. It's another leader on defense, which I can only help. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like but they did a good job defensively against Antonio Brown. They contained but, him quite well, but then obviously Demarius and Emmanuel got them the week later. Who we both thought were going to have bad games. Yes. Well, Great. Wow. Good Moneyball podcast I... coming up. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Yeah, no, who are you, who are you taking? I, I've got... Since, minus, since he minus seven. Yeah, I've got a uh, good stat. So... By the way, Vontae's perfect. Yep. Do you think he gets two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties and gets at some point during the season? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Nice. All right. Yep. He is a shoe in. <laughs> if we had a market for it, dollar one. Uh, all right. Since he is an a- AFC best nine two and one against the spread against non-divisional opponents since the start of 2015. So nine two and one against non-divisional opponents since the start of 2015. I don't think there's any there's any relevance to these at all. Okay. These kind of stats. The Rams hadn't won a week three game since 2004 or something. Then <laughs> they go out and win. By the way, uh, I tweeted out an interesting stat today. The Over their last seven games, the Rams are 5-2. and two. Both the losses come to the 49ers. Over the same period, the 49ers are 2-5 and five with both their wins against the Rams. Isn't that fascinating? Utterly, utterly fascinating. Amazing. That is correct. Uh, oh, in saying that, I think the stat is relevant, and I'm taking Cincinnati minus seven at a dollar eighty-seven, and as are you. Is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. And uh, that that's it. Is that it for the day? That is it for the show. By the way, we're picking against the spread is horrible at the moment. We're off to a really shaky start, and right. our locks of the week. If anyone are, else can do it. Our locks of the week are one and six. We we went zero and two again. Uh, we need to shape up. So uh, that's it for the show. You can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. You can follow my best bets at <laughs> Wooten Central. You can follow the show if you want to. To avoid our bets at Wooten Y, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Wooshka, Radio Hub, uh, TuneIn Radio. Please like us on Facebook, The Woot and Y Show. iTunes reviews and uh, Lunar Bowl tickets. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs>